and welcome to By Pinfall Only. My name is Nate, also known as The Nate Show, and I'll let my buddy Alex introduce himself. I am Alex, a.k.a. OzDog. Um, <laughs> I thought I'd throw that in there. So the first thing we should preface by saying is that this is a wrestling podcast, but it's not a wrestling podcast. Right. Uh, it's, we're not going to like recap like each week. Uh, we're not going to, you know, we will talk about, we'll do a lot of retrospective stuff, but we're both coming at this uh, from different angles, but no, no pun intended on the angle. Yeah. Point. I was like, it's true. <laughs> it's but true. Um, we should, I guess, start with how you and I know each other. Right. So no. oh, you go ahead. I was just going to say, we've known each other all the way back to like early elementary school, Long honestly. Time. Long and time. you're one of the reasons, honestly, that I, I was already a wrestling fan, but you're one of the reasons I stayed that way. Cause you would always, you were always someone I could talk about stuff with. Cause you watched WWF at the time I watched WCW mostly. So I could keep up with that. And I watched you. Yeah. And ECW. And then you were a figure guy like I was too. So oh, we yeah. were able to, you gave me some stuff. I, I think we traded a few times. Probably. So yeah, we, we were always kindred spirits and then we were just good friends outside of that anyway. So one of my, earliest memories was you and i were at the summer camp not summer camp but it was like a summer school at yeah. boone's creek yeah. element was it elementary or middle um, elementary 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 yeah the big and round school yeah. we you and i share a birthday like like a week apart or two weeks apart, right something like that and yeah. so like for our birthday uh you bought me the cypress hill yeah. album yeah but it, I think, and it was, I got the parental advisory version. I guess your mom had to buy it. And then yeah. you, yeah. it was either Eminem. You bought me the Slim Shady LP. That's Eminem. right. But yours yeah. was edited because yeah. you're like, I can't have this. Because my mom would, uh, no offense, mom, if you listen to this, but like they would like steal my stuff and make sure I wasn't, you know, that's part of the reason I wasn't allowed to watch WWF because Stone Cold was, you know, cussing oh, yeah. hell all oh, yeah. the time. And so I wasn't allowed to watch that for the most part. But that you can that, watch it. But yeah, like that memory has always kind of stuck out. And then obviously, there's the one that if anybody listens to this, they don't really know. But the overplayed joke that you and I have, the long running joke, uh, freshman year in high school in basketball, we, we were on a road trip, and you, uh, I was always, and as this podcast goes along, you're gonna learn that I was very against the grain and a lot of things. Like I didn't like Pringles. I was all about them stacks and lay stacks. stacks baby. <laughs> so um, I had a, had a thing of lay stacks on the, on the bus we're traveling and you're like, Hey, can I have one of those? <laughs> then like, I'm like, yeah, sure. And you spilled the whole damn thing. Like all, all, all over the, the floor. All, and you're like, all, all, all right, man, I'm sorry. I'll get you back. And then I don't remember the second, I remember it, but I don't remember when it was, but you, the, you had spilled another thing of lay stacks eventually. Yeah, I, the first one, what's funny is I I remember enough to remember that each spill was on the way to Sullivan East High School. Yeah. Because one, we actually had a game against them. That was the first one. And then our tournament that year was at that same school. And that was the second time I spilled them. So I don't know. That was bad. <laughs> it's all right. Um, as, as I said earlier, we we both are coming from two different perspectives on this. And we'll we'll touch a little bit on how this podcast got started. But from my perspective, I grew up hardcore in the wrestling. I mean, like lived and breathed wrestling, loved it, loved everything about it. I grew up, you know, 
in the 90s when wrestling was at its all at one of its peaks but also in its weird transition from like colorful characters and like kind of dumb gimmicks to the attitude era which everyone you know attitude era is considered like the peak of wrestling when it's never been more popular and you know i wanted to be a i wanted to be a professional wrestler when i when i grew up man that's like what i wanted to do it's just i everything about it i had like you said earlier i was big into figure collecting um and like it was like like literally religion was watching wrestling like on monday nights and then at that time i think Sm- uh, later on smackdown was on thursdays um and i think e ecw was on tnn on tuesdays maybe um towards the, like towards the end of the um 90s but like it was just everything i wanted to do i had my own figure fed i had like it was just like the thing that i did um and i did that for a long time until probably i still collected figures up well into high school it was not something that i like advertised or told people about um because you're in high school you're in that weird like is this you know it's kind of like oh this is for kids you know like i don't I don't want girls to come over. I don't want to let girls know that I still have wrestling figures, you know? And so I think everybody goes through that kind of phase at one point in their life with, uh, you know, kind of like the, the, the forbidden or the, the hidden thing or the secrets like, Oh, this is what I do. You know, some people, they, you know, (laughs) I don't know. They, they, I don't know. I can't even think of a good example, but that, that was the thing that was like kind of felt guilty about, you know? And, uh, it wasn't until, so I kept all my figures and stuff, but I, you know, when I moved away to college, that's kind of when like that stopped. Uh, cause I didn't take them with me. I was living in the dorm room and I still kept up with wrestling, but it was kind of like one of those, it was almost in a weird way. Watching wrestling in college was like watching porn in the sense that like, it was not something that I did around people. Obviously, yeah. I mean, I didn't do the things you do with porn, but it was just like something I did on my own time, like when the when my roommate wasn't there, or like if I couldn't catch it, you know, I would watch. In the early, it was the very early days of like you know YouTube infancy, so that's when you could somebody would they would put up like shows on YouTube without WWE like taking stuff down, and so I kept up with it. You know, I still played some of the video games and stuff like SmackDown versus Raw, and as as i got older my interest in wrestling kind of declined it you know and which i think is kind of natural and we'll talk about it in later on episodes how the wrestling product itself itself was not great and um you could debate that it's still not great um but i eventually like no joke like when cm punk left that's also when i left because yeah. I was a bit, I was a big CM Punk mark even before he got the WWE, and it was kind of like the only thing that really kept me in it was CM Punk, and so he had that Rumble, and then he like did the No Show, and then that's when the internet's like, oh, where's CM Punk? Where's CM Punk? And then like he just, I think it took me about a week to realize he's not coming back, and so I was like, yeah, okay, I- I'm done. And I don't want to get stuck in the weeds here, but I think I texted you yesterday. I was watching that rumble and it was weird to watch him because he came out as the first entrant, you know. And he lasted and a like, while. And yeah, then and like like the final five, I think. And then he gets yeah. pulled eliminated by like Kane, corporate Kane and Kane then like, had already been eliminated. The mayor, yeah. The mayor he's the mayor of the county you live in, but it like, is. which is crazy. So and I won't get into uh, <laughs> things that about yeah, no, that, but, you know. But like, I think it was it, weird I, I will say, I will say it is ironic for anybody who listens to this who doesn't 
like everyone knows that like mayor Kane, like he, yeah. Yeah. So when all this coronavirus started happening, you know, they had a, um, a mandate, they voted, the city of Knoxville voted on whether or not masks would be mandatory. Well, it got voted seven to one or six to one. And the only person that voted no on a mask (laughs) is the man who made his entire career on wearing a mask. If I spent 20 years in a mask, you know, I'd be like, I don't know if I want to do this. Yeah. Yeah. He's the trying. To, he's trying to keep the market to himself. Yeah, he didn't want to walk. He didn't want to see people walking around town with you know replica cane mask or whatever the bottom half. Before I get into kind of you know introducing you know why I enjoy wrestling, I want to tell the people real quick. You had mentioned mentioned a figure fed a minute ago. For anyone that doesn't know what that is, that's basically when you have your action figures, your wrestling figures, and I used to do this with like I would do wrestling figure feds with like my spider-man figures back in the day too yeah but um basically you kind of pretend that you run the wwf or whatever country for you may have been or a company may have been ecw for you whatever i created my own yeah yeah, you have your own matches you're the booker you're in charge you're yeah doing all that and And that and fantasy booking is a huge part of the wrestling community yeah and i think now like more than ever probably and that's a lot of you mentioned like you played the video games even off and on for a while. That's what a lot of people would do in those. Like if you know, go across generations. I would love to see if Hogan and Austin had a match yep. or if, you know, the rock. And it and wasn't Roman until now, you know. It wasn't until probably I think the place I want to say right right around the end of the PlayStation two, the beginning of PlayStation three, when they started doing legends contracts, and that's when you could start getting yeah, new like they would package in. It wasn't just like, oh, here's the roster um here's like some old you know some older ones and like i remember i bought 07 i think it was or 06 whatever just because brett hart after he had yeah done in the hall of fame he was playable and i was like oh shit i gotta play as brett hart yeah (laughs) i think he was i'm pretty sure he was in that all-stars too and i think the all-stars was either the first time macho man was in one or the ultimate warrior can't remember one of the two uh both have a history you know with the wwe but um so to wrap up my end of it. So like I got out of wrestling and then like a good three years, like didn't really keep up with it was not interested. Um, I'll tell the story at a later time about a big wrestling figure collection that I had. Um, but then I have a, I have a weird connection to all elite wrestling because for those who don't know, I'm a huge Jacksonville Jaguars fan. Don't ask me why. It's just I've always been, and Nate can attest, it's always been my team since since their inception. That's been my football team. And for those who don't know, Tony Khan is the son of the Jacksonville Jaguars owner, Shad Khan. And Tony Khan owns and runs the AEW. And as you will learn as this podcast goes, I was, again, very against the grain. That's why I loved ECW, because it was very underground. It was very against things that, you know, WWE – F at that point and WCW kind of stood for it was it was just the anti the anti like you know it was it was very punk rock and AEW kind of was that way too but like it's so weird and it's like I have this weird like not grudge against the WWE because I think that the WWE should be so much better than it is because the athletes and everything else which will you know we'll obviously touch on in later episodes is probably better than it's ever been but it, the product is probably the some of the worst it's ever been in its history and 
um, AEW was like a bunch of people who had been wronged, which there's a laundry list of people who the WWE has screwed over over time. And it's just a bunch of those guys saying like, you know, here you go. You know, finally there's some competition because, you know, you have TNA that's been around for a long time, but it's not, I think the AEW is the first time they've had legitimate competition since WCW. Yeah. And so because of that Jaguars connection, which I, it, it's in the age of the internet, man, it's hard to keep anything secret. I know when Jericho was in all, was in new Japan, Jim Ross, Chris Jericho, and like, I think the young bucks and like code, I think Cody was in ring of honor and there was a trademark filing in September of 2000 and I want to say 18 for all elite wrestling. And that kind of like, and Jericho was like, I don't know why my name's attached. I don't have nothing to do with it. And then, you know, come to find out that's why. And um, so, and now during this quarantine, like almost every show is at the Jaguar stadium. So it's kind of like, okay. And they kind of rekindled. I don't watch wrestling live. I'll catch it. I'll keep up with a lot of stuff through Twitter. Cause I have a bunch of friends on Twitter who are wrestling fans. So I keep up, you know, vicariously through them. I also keep up through you. You'll text me and say, Hey, this is what, so I'm coming from a different perspective of wrestling now to where I'm a, I used to be a huge Mark, which we'll talk about what that means. And I am no longer, I'm, I'm slowly inching back in though. It's kind of like, okay, okay. I've been away. It, Cause wrestling is something that I don't think can ever die in me because I like the concept of wrestling more than the actual wrestling itself. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, it, it trust me, it does. <laughs> <laughs> so from your perspective, you are currently, and you have been for quite a while because you got yeah. out at one point too. I did. I mean, and I'll go all the way back, you know, we'll talk about our first wrestling memories here in a minute too. But, you know, as far back as I can remember, like my dad would have it on or he'd be talking about it. Cause like, you know, living in Johnson city or even East Tennessee at all, this is a really big area for it traditionally oh, yeah. because we had Smoky mountain, but even before that, Jim you Cornette. know, it's my dad would talk all the time about how Jim Cornette, I think it was like every Tuesday night, there was a local school. I can't remember if it was middle or high school that would just do shows and Jim Cornette would be there swinging his tennis racket or whatever. <laughs> you I know? know there was um, in Kingsport there uh, close to science Hill. There's an armory, right? I think there's an armory like, right. Like, beside the football like for, like right down the street from the football stadium i think dobbins, dobbins bennett or science hill that's what i meant dobbins bennett yeah, yeah sorry dobbins no, you're bennett. good you said no it's yeah <laughs> um but i'm pretty sure there's an armory there that i saw a bunch yeah a bunch of matches there yeah and like it's it's you know sewn through this area because you know ricky morton who was on aew television this past wednesday runs a wrestling school out here yeah he's, from, he's from john city right yeah, and then, you know, Tom Pritchard runs his school with uh, Glenn Jacobs in Knoxville. So, like, there's a lot of uh, big-time, you know, wrestlers that are, you know, popular on their way up now that have trained yeah, in the area. Don't forget about Kid Cash, man. I forget about Kid Cash. I was just giving a few examples, but, like, <laughs> it's always been in this area. It's always yeah, it been really a big has. deal. And so, I, it was on, and, you know, I, I remember watching, you know, that era of WWF where – you know, people can't see this, but I've got a Bret the Hitman heart shirt on right now. Um, characters like Gold Dust, but even before that, like Repo Man and all this like stupid cartoonish oh, yeah. stuff. But I dug it as a kid because I didn't know any better. I thought it was cool. And kind of the same as you, you know, going up to high school, collecting figures and doing all that. And then I, I stopped watching around high school, at least not watching as much. Like around yeah. the time that Hogan and The Rock had their match at Mania, 
like after that, I don't remember much as far as like actual recollection. And then, but I was still tuning in. You were a WCW guy too. Yeah. And that was the thing is WCW got bought and I just, I mean, it was really bad for a while before they got bought. We'll so do the whole kinda, episode on WCW, like 2000, the whole reason. Yeah. Like oh I had lost interest even Before. then. So when I came to high school, you kind of kept me in it for a minute. And then, yeah, I, I honestly think I was the only person like that was, like, like I said, I was not, it's not something that I like widely promoted that like, Hey, I still watch wrestling because like, I, yeah, I didn't, I don't, I don't know anybody that, especially in our, in our group, I don't know anybody that watched wrestling anymore. i like, we all did like in like you know middle school and stuff like everybody in like it was yeah. doing the dx chops and the nwo and you get in trouble for like telling the teacher to suck it and stuff like we all got in trouble <laughs> but you're not a wrestling fan if you've never told one of your <laughs> teachers to suck it <laughs> oh my god um so yeah so you're you got back into it i did yeah man like i it's funny how i got back into it because i was um dating this girl and I was over at her house, her apartment, like all the time. And she used to watch, um, people may remember this show, um, Secret Life of the American Teenager. It was like on Fox or ABC Family, whatever. It was like, seriously, when it came out, like every girl, especially like that was age. This is circa like, what? This is 08. 08. So yeah. So like any teenage girl through like mid twenties was like obsessed with this show. And there was like a rerun or something. So she's like, I'm just going to take a shower, just put on whatever you want. And I didn't know what to watch. So I just flipped one channel up and raw was on. I think Randy Orton was having a conversation with Kelly Kelly. Oh God. I was like, okay. And then Kelly Kelly's not on ECW at this point. Right. Yeah. So I think the storyline was they were having ECW, WW ECW. Oh God, it was terrible. Um, (laughs) But like, I think that the, the brief storyline is he was putting legacy together and he had had an affair with Kelly Kelly and he was like, nah, I'm not interested anymore. I don't remember, but like, and then I think the next segment was a Kofi Kingston match. And so I was like, Oh, this dude's cool. And so I just kind of like it rekindled that flame. Yeah. Um, all was over. He, again. Uh, was it still the Jamaican? Yeah. Kofi? He was still doing the accent. I don't know if he had even spoke into a mic yet, but he had a match on the main roster. So I was like, Oh, this is cool. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. And like, <laughs> you couldn't see I, me on, on camera, but I did the, the Kofi thing he used to do. He had a match that show, um, and I'll talk about him later. Uh, Edge had a match that show, and so I was like, "Oh man, I missed Edge! Like he was great." And so I just like from then on, I started watching again. Yeah. So like every that week was, since '08, I've either watched or kept up. You know? 2008, man, that was peak peak Edge. Yeah, for sure. And they were they were just transitioning to the PG era, as it's Ugh. known. So John Ugh. Cena was John Cena had been the man for yeah. a while, but now he was really like Ugh. the man, gross. you know? So, so gross that's that's that 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 to me the pg stuff is when wrestling hits the biggest yeah. decline it ever had you know and it's funny because you can do pg stuff and it still be entertaining but they were so focused and you can on, still toe the line in pg yeah which they just didn't do yeah orton was the only guy that did because he would still like he was also he one would, of the boys he could get away with it yeah he would say things to like stephanie of course was like the on-screen authority even then <sighs> and he would say stuff to her that like he probably shouldn't say and then he rko'd her at one point <laughs> like <laughs> him and jericho were like the two guys that could say things in the pg when it started that you were like oh shoot i don't know if you're supposed to say that but anyway yeah. like they'd say darn better. instead of damn and it's just like so crazy then, man it's just, you know smackdown was pg at the time too but they could get away with more just because nobody know, watched it <laughs> smackdown's always been like yeah you the can get B-show. away with and that's when that's not long before that or not long after that i keep getting distracted but like it's when straight edge society with cm punk oh, yeah. started 
And he said that in his DVD, like we were just doing stuff that like we could get away with it. Like, yeah. Super was offensive it, stuff, but like, was no it, on, was it on, still on Friday nights or Thursday nights then? It was on, um, cause it was taped yeah. on Tuesdays, right? Yeah. 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 Um, so this podcast came to be sort of, we have sort of touched on it because you were, <laughs> you were back into wrestling and like you, you and I would text occasionally and you and I actually, as, as things happen in life, you know, I moved away to college. Um, it was, I don't even know how you and I got back and rekindled the friendship, but I, like you have a podcast. Yep. I have a podcast, separate, separate podcast. Yours is the Nate show. Uh, and mine is what's your spaghetti policy. Uh, and you touch on wrestling a little bit on your show. Cause you're a, you're a one man band. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one man, man, baby. <laughs> I'm going to throw all sorts of wrestling <laughs> things in there. Um, and mine is the furthest thing from <laughs> this is possible. My other podcast, which we will eventually have um, my other co my co-host Jacob on an episode where Jacob had, he is aware of professional wrestling, but did not watch it growing up. So yeah. the excitement of having someone who is completely <laughs> clean slated and open-minded to have them watch some stuff when we do some like watch alongs is going to be great. But like, my other podcast is so free form. And so like, like I've prepared more for this show than I probably have the last five shows I've done on that podcast. Um, so if you're ever interested and you want some like random off the wall nonsense, like legitimate, like what we just call a, like a, like a conversation with your friends is basically what it is. is we talk about everything, yeah. check it out. Um, but you, it was around that time that us that we were that Jacob and I were talking about doing that show that you and I had rekindled. I don't, I, I cannot pinpoint when that was because I deleted my Facebook years ago. So I lost yeah. contact with a lot of people we went to high school with. And I, I, I would you remember? I mean, I have to work backwards. I know that last summer it worked out because we would still talk occasionally. And then, you know, you were doing the podcast with Jacob and then I just happened to come to Knoxville a lot when I was yeah. doing stand up and I would start doing acting gigs. They were all out there in Knoxville. And so it made sense. I'd come over and hang out and they're like, Hey, we'll do this episode. So I was one of your all's guests. I've been on there a couple of times. You were the very first guest. I think there you, you go. Three times. Three times. That's right. Yeah. Three times. <laughs> three times. <laughs> and, um, yeah, like, and that's the thing is like you're talking about your podcast being free form. Like the twelve people that listen to mine know that mine's absolutely just thirty minutes of whatever I want to ramble about yeah. that day. Because I I'll have people ask me all the time like, "What's your podcast about?" And my answer is always the same. I always say, "How dare you speak to me?" Yeah. <laughs> anyway, no, <laughs> I don't know what it's about. I was actually, it's funny. I was supposed to have a new episode out today as we're recording this i've not done anything for it yet so we'll see what happens there that's all right but but yeah i think that that's honestly where it really started but we would still keep in touch when we talk about yeah, we would football. randomly text about football or like the one of my trigger words is like texting me during football season and asking what's wrong with the jaguars and i'll send you a fucking book telling you everything that's wrong with them well i think that's part of what happened was i don't i'm not trying to bring up bad memories oh but no it's fine the, the good season yeah, like that was the main time I remember <laughs> that season. I remember talking to you a lot because I'm the only Jaguars that. fan you know. Yeah, and I was enjoying watching it and them just you know beating up the Steelers and all that. So, um, still couldn't beat the Tennessee Titans though. Oh God! <laughs> but um, <laughs> so many Titans fans around here. Well, 
quote unquote fans. But anyway, let's not get into yeah. Wait till they're bad and they won't be there. Um, which will be this season. But yeah, you but, and I back when we started this podcast, you and I started texting more. Yeah. And then like when you would come in, you'd you'd chill here and you'd ha- you'd you'd crash here and um I guess it wasn't until right around pre-covid where you're just like man i'm getting back into figure collecting and i'm just like that's awesome you know and then like slowly but surely you've chipped away at me and like we'll do a whole episode on figure collecting i'm pretty sure it was was that that anvil is what people can't see but like this was the figure this jim the anvil nine hard elite that came out this year was the quote unquote me back got that itch going so, oh yeah, I got like I got it bad when I saw this, and I was like, "Oh that, shoot!" Like, we'll use some term when we do when we go to deep dive on action figures. We don't want to step on toes of there's a very popular yes, uh, yes podcast yes. that does that, but I think that they have made the adult wrestling figure collecting acceptable because they're both adults and 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 they're way into it. But like the figure itch. Like that's always been a of a term, but it's kind yeah. of like they have made it like the mainstream. And it's yeah, and that's the thing is it's not limited to wrestling. No, in which any we way, will, shape, or form. We yeah, will we will definitely deep dive on that because yeah. I I I am still an adult and I still do figure collecting, but it's not wrestling figures. But seeing you and like I've lived vicariously through you because like you only have so much space, you only have so much disposable income, so you you got to pick and choose what you're gonna do. Yeah. Um. But it was, I, I currently only have two. Um, and one of them is the newest, Reza Ramon uh, Elite, because I was a big Razor fan back in the day. And then my other one was a gift to me. Um, I don't know. I don't even need to show you. You've seen it. I was going to show yep. you. But I'm like, it's stupid. Nobody can see it. It's a, it's a CM Punk. And it was, you know, CM Punk, Money in the Bank, when the Summer of Punk started. And so... Um, I've had that CM Punk for a very long time. Uh, it's not something I displayed because, again, it was like, uh, you know, but it was it meant a lot to me. And, you know, yeah, you've got one too, long hair punk. Yeah. Um, so there's that, um, which, yeah, I don't, I don't even know where the whole point of that story was. But you and I, we rekindled, and it was about the time pre-COVID where you yeah. were like, we really were like, I mean, we, we had text, you know, we had the podcast, and like as the timeline went on, you and I would text more and more and more and more to the point now to where you and I – text daily um and or we'll send we'll like we'll have two separate conversations we'll have a text message conversations and the instagram, you know, the instagram <laughs> conversation. um but it's great yo like you know again one of the earliest friends uh that i can remember um and to be able to after all this time we've we've reconnected and you know we're we're you know we're good friends again so um, that brings us to the next point, which is not necessarily your first match you remember, but like, what's the first memory of professional wrestling for you? The first memory, honestly, was in June of 94. Like, I had to look up when the date was. I just remembered seeing it on TV. Yeah. And it was when Hulk Hogan did the parade at Disney MGM when he was making his announcement that he was coming to WCW. And I just, I don't know why I just remember that. And that wasn't necessarily what got me into WCW. It was actually the NWO stuff that got me oh, yeah. in two years later. But I just remember, I don't know why. I just remember, I, I my dad was probably talking about, oh, this is a big deal, Hulk Hogan, you know, whatever, yeah, WCW. 
and then to have a new company that was well, not a new company but they were still doing weekly shows and everything yeah at that time hogan's gone and flair's gone two yeah because two of the yeah. biggest names of the 80s they're gone and then savage wasn't far behind him yep. like because wwfe whatever had wwf at the time yeah, they had gone through. Yeah, <laughs> they had gone through the steroid stuff with yeah. Ultimate Warrior and all those people. So it, like they, so they, it was a real, real like dark time for the for yeah. Vincent K. McMahon. And you know, Vince basically put a hiring freeze. You know, during that time because he was like, I can't hire someone to bring him in. I don't even know if we're still going to be, a our company. doors are still going to be open in a few months. So like, yeah, whatever. So that's when you end up. Not it's not detrimental to them at all, but that's why you end up with Diesel, Razor Ramon, all these Bret Hart, all these new guys getting pushed or whatever. Because it's like we need people that are clearly not on steroids. Bret Hart. <laughs> yeah. So good old crazy. good old Bret Hart. Um, for me, obviously, I was. I I, I don't know the age. I don't know when exactly i know that i watched i was a current active watcher during like razor ramon like i remember the vignettes yeah uh, and i remember his debut like i remember all of that so i was already watching and i remember watching some like maybe some like random D, like wcw like vhs tapes before that but my early, like the absolute earliest memory that I have is Starcade '86, which is obviously before I was born. But Arc Starcade '86 is a big deal because it was called the um, the rise. Uh, it was called the Skywalkers. I was almost said Rise of the Skywalkers, like Star Wars. Uh, but it's called the Skywalkers, and it was uh, NWA, and um, it captured my imagination like like no other because you had the Road Warriors. And the Midnight Express, I believe. Uh, I'm trying to look it up real quick. Um, I remember the, the 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 main event is Ric Flair and Nikita Koloff title for title. Right. So I remember that, um, and it was like a very rare thing for two titles at that at that point in time for two titles to be on the line at the same in the same in the same match. And I know Dusty Rhodes uh, was supposed to fight. Uh, or I know T, uh, Magnum TA was supposed to be on there, but he, this was like a few weeks after his like, you know, horrific motorcycle, motorcycle crash that um, paralyzed him. But I remember the Starcade match or um, not Starcade, the uh, scaffold match, which is, you think about it now, like that's one of the most dangerous things you could have ever done. Dude, yeah. <laughs> it's terrifying. Um, it was Bobby Eaton and, and Dennis Condry. So, uh, just imagine you have your wrestling ring and then you have, I have no idea. I don't remember how tall it was, but basically animal and Hawk and the midnight express, they both come to the ring and they both climb. Like it was like a construction site. They climb oh yeah. I've seen, I've, trust me. I've seen the, yeah. Have you ever watched it? <laughs> I have. It's, I don't enjoy, I don't like stuff like that at all. Yeah, it, It's like, man. When we do re re rewatches of ECW, you're Dude, gonna. I, I'm already like afraid to watch that stuff with you. Yeah, I'm it's just like, oh it's, gosh, it's bad. Like it's not even like me being squeamish. It's just an anxiety thing. Because there like, was not, like there was a lot of what they what would a lot of stiff, a lot of strong style back then. It just didn't have a yes. name. Um, <laughs> we'll go over those terms. Yeah, we'll go over those terms. Some of, we'll hit some of the basic terms here in a minute. But um, and there was uh, that is notorious because. At that time, um, I'm pretty sure 
Paul Ellering, who was the manager of the Road Warriors, chased the algorithm. <laughs> chased <laughs> Jim Cornette, who is you know notorious uh, around here, up the, yep. to the top, and he ends up throwing him off. And Big Bubba Rogers, who became Big Boss Man, was supposed to catch Jim Cornette. And I, again, I, I wish I'm, I'm gonna have to find and see what the uh, what the, the the height was, but they throw Jim Cornette off. And he ends up breaking his leg. And yep. it's, it's amazing that he didn't die. Like, that's how crazy it is. Um, yeah, I, I, there's, it doesn't say. See, that's, that's the type of video. We'll get into stuff like that, too. But that's the type of video I, like, I want to show to people when they're like, oh, they know how to fall. It's fake and all yeah. that stuff. Like, okay, you well, do what Jim Cornette did. Yeah, and let's see how it feels. just get one thing out of the way. One thing that I've <laughs> always hated when people talk about professional wrestling. Professional wrestling is not fake right okay is not it, only is it not fake in 99 percent of cases it's more real than whatever your favorite tv show is oh it's <laughs> yes is it scripted and predetermined absolutely 100 yes. but so is everything else that you watch other than live sports and you could even argue that some live sports you know whatever i won't get into that but <laughs> which brings us to the next point is like how do you how would you explain to the to a clean slate of some uh, to the how would you explain professional wrestling to somebody? it's a combative soap opera like that's, I, that's how i justified it with my mom for a long time was i was just like the content that like is in the soap operas that you watch every day like this is just a more combative Absolutely. whatever more violent version of that and that's not to insult wrestling it's just professional wrestling at its core and at its best is inherently silly and ridiculous sure. and is aware of it. It's like it's in on the joke, or at least it should be for the, the two, most part. The two phrases I have is scripted comic book fighting. Yep. With real people or machismo flavored <laughs> soap opera. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, cause that's what it was. It was 100% geared, geared towards males in it yes. for a long time. And I think, that stigma that like oh well it's fake is because it there okay. was this suspension of disbelief early on in wrestling that it was not fake yeah that the result you know that it, it, it they tried especially during you know the the late 80s early 90s they tried to push it off like this is real like the, you know whatever and then as time has come on with the age of the internet they're like they've kind of embraced that it's not actually real. And then that's where the whole sports entertainment thing came from and you know, all that stuff. But like when people get hurt, like it's a legitimate injury. Like it, it's just, it's, 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 it is, it's ballet. I mean, it's, I think that I, I did like two hours of wrestling training back when COVID started. And I, first of all, it kicked my ass. And I think I sent you the picture of how scraped my shin was from the rope burn, like jumping over the rope. Like, good Lord, that hurt. How sore were you? (laughs) very like because did you take any back bumps a few that was actually one of the first things they have you do is attack the mat arm oh. spread whatever and like people but, don't understand sorry to interrupt you. people don't no. understand like those rings are not that's not like pillows man like it's no it's plywood underneath there like thick plywood and then like m- there's like maybe a thin layer of like cushion to and then you put the mat over it like that's what you're hitting it's Ugh. basically the um the pink stuff you put in your wall yep like it's basically that type of 
foam or like not foam, whatever, but that's basically what the thickness of it. Like it's and, not and really. The, and the smaller yeah. the promotion, the less the foam. Yeah. And that's <laughs> where not, no offense, but East Tennessee small promotion. That's where I trained. So that ring hurt. You felt it. I yeah. mean, you know, I, the, I think the end of the training was me taking a really good hip toss and even that hurt a little bit. So, cause you have to basically jump as if you're a basketball player and sell that and jump and flip and land on your back. So it requires a lot of athleticism, which is yeah. why you see a lot of, especially football players, because they're already built, make that transition to professional wrestling when they don't, when it doesn't work out in the NFL. Oh, and the dude that, uh, hip tossed me looked like X-Pac. Anyway. <laughs> Sean Waltman. <laughs> um, <laughs> So before we get into the, like the real meat and potatoes of this, again, this is the first episode, so we're still kind of like finding our way into like yeah. what this podcast is going to be. Um, first thing I want to hit is f- your favorite wrestling game of all time. Um, WCW NWO Revenge. Um, you know, I think it would have been really easy for me to go with um, – uh, what's the SmackDown? The uh, Here Comes the Pain. Here that would have pain been, was the was like it had like, been like you. It was the the real one. It was the first one on PS2, I think. It was when I had Brock Lesnar on the front. Yeah. yeah. Well, no. Well, so um, just bring it, and then had the we, Rock on it. Then well, know your Smack, role. Had the, well, there was SmackDown, and then there was Know Your Role, and then or just bring it, like whatever this. And then Here yeah. Comes the Pain was the first non-Rock. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was in the game, but yeah, he wasn't on the. Yeah, yeah. you're right. He wasn't on the cover of it. Uh, for me, it was basically the same thing as yours, except a different company, because yours was WCW, yeah, and mine was No Mercy, and they were basically the same game built by the same company using the same engine on the same system, just different company. Yeah, um, but No Mercy was really where my I had figures and stuff like that, and we talked about the figure feds, but that's where like the customization and create a wrestler and like factions and like doing. Yeah becoming the full-on bookie of things started you could create your own belts you know and like i had a thing where i would take all of my friends and i would create them in game and basically i would only i wouldn't you know i would inject them as if it was they were part of like real life wrestling so yeah it was all no mercy um but the very first game that i had the wrestling game was uh the royal rumble on the super nintendo and I remember going to a friend's house who had it on Sega Genesis and they had different characters. There was only like six wrestlers that were the same. And I think there was like 14 total. And so the other eight, if my math is correct, were different. Like I think IRS was, and Lex Luger were exclusive to Sega Genesis, but like, um, like Mr. Perfect was only on the Super Nintendo. Yeah. And like, I always had, there was always that rumor. Like you read like, gaming magazines it's like oh you can you can unlock all these other characters you never could and i was i've always wanted a um a like a rom hack where they've taken both characters and put them in one game and that because that's a good 22 characters in there don't you miss that by the way because like we didn't use like we didn't we had the internet but it's like we had dial we, didn't know, we didn't know like about games or like when they were coming out yeah. we didn't know like or like you said, like who was in them, all the secrets and cheat codes and stuff. We didn't know what figures were coming out next. The only way we knew what figures were coming out next is if we look at the back of the box. And even then, yep. especially with jacks, that yep. might might or might not actually happen. I remember so. early on you had the toy fair that happened once a year. Yeah. And now I think there's two toy fairs. There's like a bunch of like mini toy yeah, comic, fairs. Yeah, and, comic con become yeah. Well, like, back then Comic Con was strictly that. It was strictly for comics and comic properties because yeah. this was pre Marvel MCU. Pre I mean, the only thing you had really was, you know, you had a couple Batman movies and Superman movies. So this was even pre Spider Man. 
and X-Men. So your toy fair is basically where that's where the, 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 uh, figure companies would go to try to sell to people basically. And so you're right. I mean, just like, and then walking into a store and seeing like that whole, like a whole like section of, of wrestlers you didn't have there, was like, there's no better feeling. Oh my God. And Even like, to this day, like, Oh my God. Day, I sent you that picture that our truth I bought, but they had like the whole new series, like yeah. brand new. They just put them out. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I didn't even know they were. And there's a, yet. you know, <laughs> and now the only, the closest thing you can get to that feeling now is when you go to like one of these mom and pop, like vintage toy stores and they have like a bunch of unopened stuff. And like, yeah. cause you're going in, you don't know what they have. And that's, we'll talk about that on like, we, yeah, so we got some places and, we're going to go like, yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I love the raw versus SmackDown games. Um, I think the last one that I played was 2013 when everyone had CM Punk on the front. You'll learn as this podcast goes, I'm big CM Punk fan. Um, but I feel like we should knock out some of these terms for any people who are not familiar. Well, I want to say real fast, I okay. don't mean to cut you off. No, you're fine. Um, the reason I've been texting, I know we're on Zoom, people can't see this, but you can is I've got a friend that's in Oklahoma and she's sending me, she's at Walmart and she's sending me the the section where they had those Spider-Man figures. So oh, yeah. she just picked me up uh, Spidey and Green Goblin. So now awesome. I've got like, so now I'm going to have the whole set. I just got to find Kingpin and uh, Mysterio. At Mysterio. Some point. Anyway, I know oh, this nice. isn't about wrestling, awesome. but yeah. No, that's great. I know well, we're just talking about figures and that's why I've been texting this whole time. Like, that's oh, yeah, awesome. Go ahead, go ahead and pick those up, please. You know. Nice. Hell yeah. So you've got the whole, well, you technically have the whole series of that. Yeah. The Kingpin is a is an offshoot, and I believe the Mysterio is part of another one, but it's a retro card. Which yeah, the King the Kingpin's like sixty on eBay, so I'm gonna have to try to like figure something. Yeah, th- well, it's thir- it's MSRP but... thirty, so they're kind of double their value. Yeah. There. Uh, uh, wait, you know all about that, so don't act like you're. <laughs> I was gonna say no. I <laughs> I've sold so many of the themed Bray Wyatt figures for like forty or fifty. And I, I feel bad now because now they're selling for retail on eBay for like twenty two uh, widely available. Okay, that's good. That makes me feel better because I was at I was somewhere the other day, it may have been a Target, and they had one because they had the viscera and then they had that bray. And I almost bought that bray to been like, Man, I want Nate can flip this for me and we'll split I, it split it halfsies. Yeah, now I, I couldn't just because now everyone's getting them for yeah. retail. But like, yeah, I was in Target yesterday and they had that whole series again. They had well, the that Rick razor and that viscera and all that was selling for like forty, forty five unopened. Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy. Anyways, so we got a couple terms. We'll obviously when, as we keep doing this, we'll, um, we will talk about terms that need to be discussed, but like wrestling's weird. Like it has its own language. It does. And, um, so the first one is a mark. Um, in short, a mark is a fan of rest fan of wrestling in the wrestling business. Um, but it's more often used to describe a fan who treats wrestling as if it's unscripted or yes. is completely unaware. Yes. Um, and this term applies to a lot of current and former wrestlers too, because yeah. if you watch, we'll talk about what the word shoot means here in a minute too. Yeah. But like, if you watch shoot interviews where they're interviewing old wrestlers or current about like real life stuff, Kevin Nash is, I watch more of his than I watch anybody's. And he, which, like he you has, know, Kevin Nash played basketball here in town. <laughs> he did. Yeah, that's right. It's a team, um, a college that I hate. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but that's um, not, it's not for you. But they were doing an interview with like Matt Bourne, who was playing Doink the Clown for a while. Rest in peace, Matt Bourne, right? Yeah. And Matt Bourne, this is when Matt Bourne was still alive. And Matt Bourne was talking about Kevin Nash, you know, called wrestling fake and he has no respect. He should have never even been a wrestler. And the whole time that they were playing this clip, Kevin Nash just kept saying, you, sir, are a mark or whatever. So, <laughs> Which anyway. we'll talk about that too. Like, I think you and I both agree there is a huge 
set of people who take professional wrestling way too serious. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> yeah, oh, I should insert that clip right here. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> um, and then there's a whole – and there's some current wrestlers, too, that kind of bug me where, like, they don't take the business seriously. Yeah. Which I, I get that. And I think there's a fine line. There, there's, there's, enough, there's room in there. I think you should respect the business, but you can also not have to be, like – and that was in the eighties, you know, uh, you know, I don't know. Like, like Jim, Jim Cornette's still doing that oh my God, in 2020 awful. where he's still trying to get chased out of town by saying controversial stuff or whatever. It's like, I mean, dude, it works, no one, I guess. No, uh, trying yeah, to get like, that cheap heat. But like, I think, um, Brian and Matt, they do a really good job. Like they yeah. respect it. They understand that, you know, they just love professional wrestling because again, it's just comic books, man. It's just these larger than life people, these comic books, and they're just like these ridiculous gimmicks. And even Vince McMahon has always said, "We we create movies. We just make movies. Like yeah. that's what we're it's in the a business." Long to do running movies. movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's a long running comic book with no end. I guess the only end is when the company yeah. shuts down. Um, so then you have your baby face and your heels, which your baby face is your good guys, and your heels are your bad guys. It's pretty simple. Yep. Um, you have a shoot which is going off script and making something real. A shoot can be a promo in which a wrestler says something unscripted. It's generally something negative directed towards another wrestler or a company, uh, or does a legitimate move that may be used in actual fighting. Yeah. Ever, the most recent is probably the uh, pipe bomb from CM Punk. Uh, probably one of, well, I, I'm assuming we will eventually get to top five like promos ever, and it's, uh, it's up there. I, I would say that the pipe bomb is at least 75% shoot. I do think there's stuff in there, especially the John Laurinaitis stuff that was, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, just, I have mixed again, feelings about it, but yeah. yeah like, we can get into a whole episode same, about, uh, about Same thing bomb. with the screw job, like as far as yeah, there's, there's stuff there's in there. There's a whole subsect like, of people, which I mean, we'll talk about too eventually, that think that the screw job was all work. Which I think, uh, I don't know if I have work on here. Why would you keep the camera on Bret Hart? And I love Bret Hart, but why would you keep the camera on him while he's to catch waving that, W? To catch that while he's, reaction. But while he's waving WCW to the crowd. Like, yeah, but, but think anyway. about it, dude. It's 2020 and people <laughs> still talk about it. And that's why. Yeah, that's true. That's, um, and I so, love Bret. So, so kayfabe. Right. Um, kayfabe is a term that is keeping the illusion that pro wrestling is not scripted. This is a comp very complicated concept. Uh, but the basis of kayfabe is wrestlers making sure that the fans still believe that what they are seeing is 100% protect real the business, protect, yeah, the, protect business. the business. Yeah. Um, so there's not a whole lot of that still around because the internet again, ruins everything. <laughs> um, there is two other terms we'll go over, which is ironically go over, uh, which is basically winning. It's when a wrestler yeah. wins. Um, and then Barry, which is when it typically happens when a wrestler has upset someone in the upper management and they are constantly losing or placed in bad storylines in a way to eventually write them off TV or fire yep. them. Uh, because there are one episode I'd like to get into is just like the backstage nuance and absolute ridiculousness of the wrestling business yep. and how just absolutely so antiquated it is still. Like the whole thing, especially with WWE, they may be the only one that does it, but like if they release you, you can't go anywhere for 90 days. You can't work for 90 days because right. they fired you. And it's just like, could you imagine in the real world, like somebody's working at Target and then they 
the target's like, we're going to have to let you go, but like, you can't go anywhere. <laughs> you can't go yeah. to Walmart. You can't, like, could you imagine how stupid no. that is? Um, but this episode's we're doing, I don't know how long this is, but um, let's, let's get into, we got two things coming up. First one is our top five favorite wrestlers of all time. Not necessarily who we think is the best. The best, uh, Mount Rush, this whatever. This is our like, personal yeah. top five. And I actually narrowed it down to seven and I'll give you two people, <laughs> which I know. Is- I did the same thing actually. So yeah. <laughs> because it, there's different reasons. I'm not going to put numbers on them, but I'll, I'll do one and you do one. So I'm going to start with i'll go ahead and tell you my two honorable mentions my first uh, honorable mention is the ultimate warrior now because he was at the time i was watching the anti hulk hogan and he was yeah he was legitimately like he was (laughs) like when that ultimate warrior music hits dude i used to use that shit and run through the house like because that's what the warrior did i mean if you've ever seen an ultimate warrior entrance that's what he does he runs and like I think it, I think they someone calculated his average match length is less than two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> he was Goldberg before Goldberg. Oh my gosh! And the 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 face paint, the like crazy hair, like the buzz saw, just like the absolute like literally as a character. Yeah, like there's there's no doubt. Now he's had all sorts of problems. Obviously, you know, rest in peace. Um, which we're going to be saying that a lot on this podcast. Um, that's another downside of the professional wrestling business. My top five still alive, so that's good. Okay, so. and then my other one is Bam Bam Bigelow. It's a really good. So one. the Beast from the East. So Bam Bam was this big dude. I mean, big dude, uh, and was able to move like so gracefully and just like yeah. I mean, like Bret like, Hart. Bret Hart talks all the time about my favorite big guy to work was always Bam Bam. I think he, he yeah, knew what to do. He a lot move, of people like, have given like, Bam Bam that moniker. And, like, he was just so super villain looking. I mean, he was bald and had a flame tattoo on his skull. He yep. wore a, a skull singlet and was just, you know, in the early – the early right as WWE was getting into Raw, him and Luna Vachon and just like these freaks, man. Like that's just what they were. Yeah. And then when he went to ECW is when I was like, oh my God, this he's awesome. Like this dude's <laughs> awesome. Um so that's that's my two runner ups. Who's yours? Uh my two are CM Punk and Kofi Kingston. Oh wow. Ironically a former tag team together. But wow. yeah. Wow. Punk that low. Yeah, no, I know. I struggled with like the top seven because like, I really tried to make it like a legit top five. I'll, I'll yeah. go in order with mine, but like I'll, I'll if, go from I'll go from the bottom up. Yeah, I was gonna say I'll, I'll count down to one for sure. Um, but give All me right. your number five or whatever. Yeah, number like, five. <laughs> um, Rob Van Dam, Mister Monday Good. Night, Mister Tuesday Night, Mister whatever, whatever, whatever company he's with, whatever. Um, but there's there's a reason why Rob Van Dam, like, was a luchador-esque but like like he was built like a regular like yeah like like he, a regular joe he like, had the size yeah like yeah he and did. a little shorter and then yeah. obviously when you think of ecw that's who you think of but the reason why he's on there i've not met a lot of professional wrestlers but i have met rob van dam and I, you can tell me if this store is still here the kmart on stone drive it's a u-haul facility okay now. so yeah. I lived in Johnson city when that store opened yep. and part of their grand opening was Rob Van Dam doing a signing. And this was, uh, he was in WWE at this point, uh, you know, in the intercontinental title race and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, 
And so I met him. He was not signing until one o'clock. I got there at 930 in the morning and had a ton of wrestling figures, man, ton of ruthless aggression. Like they had, they had saved them all because, you know, they didn't break street dates back then and they had them all in the back. And then like they had them, like they had tape around the things. And then like they, when the store opened, they cut the tape so people could go in and buy them. And they had a bunch of RVD figures, obviously. And um, I was the first one in line, but I got cut because there was a guy in a wheelchair <laughs> and i'm not i'm not laughing at that it's just like i know i know the dude I, the, the people guy, can't see my reaction yeah, that's what was yeah, the guy like, in the wheelchair showed up like 30 minutes before and got to cut me in line but anyways so i get to meet him and he tells me he's like you know you know signing it like what you know who do i write this out to and he was super cool and he's like fun fact he's like my middle name is alex and i was like what blew my mind and so like ever since like i met like again i don't i can i can only think of like five wrestlers i've ever met and he was one of them so that's why and obviously i loved what he did longest reigning television champion in ecw history so that's my number five i will say um my number five sting by the way oh yeah um love sting growing up i just missed the surfer sting but i mean i was aware of him like when i started watching nitro he was still doing that oh yeah um, but when he started doing the crow gimmick and I think I coming down the rafters, thing as far as a look goes, yeah, no, I get that for sure. But it I was think just as a star, the crow sting was better. I remember, like, yeah, when he would come out of the rafters and he was feuding with the NWO, that was always that was, like that was I would get, with the baseball bat. I would get hype every time, oh, yeah. and then even when like the wolf pack stuff started and like he had his trench coat and he ripped it off and he had a wolf pack t shirt on, oh, yeah. I was like, oh my god, I freaked out. Um, I meant to say too, like I've I've only met one person on my top five, but um, I went to a show at Freedom Hall and Kevin Nash came out for a match with his NWO shirt on, and I was fairly close enough to where I gave him like a two sweet, and he two sweeted me right back. We made eye contact, so I was like, oh, I remember cool. you posted on Instagram once where like you were within like arm distance of Charlotte Flair. Yeah, I I didn't want to be creepy. I love Charlotte, by the way, but like I didn't want to be creepy because like she was she saw kids over there. That's why she was at her car putting her stuff. People think that like wrestlers travel like luxuriously, but when you're going from house show to house show, you're just driving. You're getting rental cars, and still in 2020, they're still doing that. I mean, not now because they're not traveling, but you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah. But she saw a bunch of kids like yelling and like Charlotte, whatever. So she came over, but there were like some creepy dudes that kept trying to like take photos and like hug her and shit. I'm like, guys, just like chill out, dude. She's here for the kids, not here for you. So anyway, I didn't want to be creepy and be whatever. But that makes sense. It was it was weird that I was like a de facto security guard for (laughs) Charlotte for like five minutes. It was the weirdest. Because you ended up becoming a security guard like one time for a professional wrestling. I did. Yeah. I yeah. Anyway, so adventure in. Um. Yeah. Number number four. You go, go ahead, ahead, man. You do number four. Okay, uh, number four. This will surprise you. This is the shocker. Number four is actually Brett the Hitman Hart. Wow. Yeah, I I gave it a lot of thought about. I get you love Brett. Too, I know. I gave too much thought, and I did my criteria based on my not just my simple fanhood of them, but like the longevity and how long I've been a fan and how many moments like through wrestling I can remember through them. And you got to think, I only got to watch Brett wrestle for like two or three years, basically. Like when no more than five years at the time that I like yeah. started liking him to the time he was done. I mean, I know he came back in 2010 and did the whole whatever, but, and I was excited about that. But the three that are coming up are definitely, you became it, it'll make, it'll make sense. Yeah, you yeah. came before, you are a more of a retrospective Bret Hart fan. Yeah. Like so you I, went back and like the WWE days. 
after yeah. he was in WCW. Like he was the guy that I adopted as a kid that I was like, okay, this is the guy. And yeah. as a lot of kids did at that time, like Brett was that guy. My, my, my top seven, top five, whatever. It's so weird because like, if I, if I asked myself this question 15 years ago, it's a totally different list, obviously. Yeah. Like as I've, the further I've gotten away and the older I've gotten in the way I look at things, it's changed. But my number four is the only, well, I mean, RVD is current, but um, Ray Mysterio. And makes sense. the reason why is because I was always shorter. I had a growth spurt after I graduated high school, but Ray Mysterio to me was the, definition of what if i ever became a wrestler that's what i would have to do because he was not i mean look at him now he's he's you know he's not jacked but he's like in such good shape but like that wcw ray mysterio you know in the cruiserweight division he was a tiny dude i mean he couldn't have been more than 150 pounds like soaking wet he couldn't have been have you seen the um because we've been looking for figures and stuff have you seen the orange basic ray from that time frame Uh uh-uh like you can tell under the mask, even if it's a figure, you can tell that he's like super, super young. Yeah. Maybe well, that, that one later. That, yeah. yeah. Send it to me. But that it's kind of why I want that purple one because yeah, same thing. Yeah. The purple one is the defining moment. No, no pun. Intended. I watched that match this morning. Actually, the Eddie Guerrero one. Yeah, I pulled that, that out. Halloween Havoc, dude. Match. That match is yeah. that match is like unreal. Yeah. Unreal how good that match is, and raising that full like purple garb and like it's a like he doesn't wear a whole lot of full body suits anymore um and he he did that because he was pissed that like bischoff kept having luchadors be unmasked on tv yeah, yeah so he which, wore the full body suit so that he couldn't be unmasked yeah and that match is just so good so so yeah. good and because we were very similar in size and is very you know, influential to like, again, I, I stated earlier that like I, I wanted to be a pro wrestler and I never had the size. I was never going to have the, you know, the, the washboard abs. I was never going to be, you know, six foot seven. And like, you know, I was, it was never going to be me. So if I had to look at somebody and I was fairly reckless as most teenage boys were, you know, I would, I thought my body was indestructible. So I would do, I would do, I would jump off buildings. I would do, I mean, I would do all sorts of things and basically be able to flail around and jump and be like Rey Mysterio. So that's why, that's why he's there. Number three. You could, well, we're kind of snaking this. You give me your number three and then I'll. All right. Number three, you can probably guess two of my three. Um, but this one might surprise you, but it's the rock. Okay. Because again, Stone Cold was everybody's favorite in WWE. So I picked The Rock. And that is very, very, um, it's how I've lived most of my life. I'm just always against the grain of things. I mean, obviously, The Rock is The Rock now, and we know him. And then, but it was around, like, I remember Rocky Maivia and right. then the Nation thing. So it was not, it was like whatever then. I was in that weird, like, I didn't really have a favorite. Um, and then, some of the the great rivalries between the rock and stone cold and some of the wrestlemania matches and there's nobody that sells to me better than the rock right like early rock like obviously now it's a little different he's like you know super jacked but like before when he just had the brahma bull and he wasn't bald and like post 
corporate rock, like fa- like face rock, like that yeah. that time that that rock was unbelievable. I mean, there's another thing too is like th- my top three were are all really good promo cutters, and yeah, so are so are mine. Um, <laughs> so and that and as we as our next segment, we'll we'll talk about that too. Um, to me, as great as rate as great as great matches are to me great promos are better yeah and the rock the most no pun intended or pun intended the most electrifying man to ever grace a microphone and the the because he would insult people in the most clever ways (laughs) and (laughs) the um i think my I don't know if it's my favorite, but the one that always sticks out is when he's insulting Billy Gunn after Billy Gunn won King of the Ring. And he said, <laughs> Which, you got on your wow. knees. And you, you, I know. And you got on your knees and you prayed to God and said this. Or whatever. God spoke to you and said this, Bob, but my name's Billy. It doesn't matter. <laughs> like God himself <laughs> like insulted. I like the one uh, where the NWO comes to the WWE and he's like, yes. and he like kind of breaks the wall yeah no chris jericho you know uh and he's like oh big daddy cool Reza Ramon. and like he's yeah. just like chico, hey, chico. chico. <laughs> like that promo rules um so who's your number three my number three is the rock i had oh! the showing you the list so you can yeah. see i wasn't cheating there yeah and um, we you and i did not discuss who we were gonna no there, not right? at all no i i had considered putting the rock a little bit higher but the other two definitely like longevity um and wrestling do it for me but yeah there's yeah. nobody better like on the microphone like nobody. the total combination of on the mic and in the ring than the rock um there's like, a reason yeah. why he's the biggest superstar in yeah right that stuff translates and like just you were talking about promos like the ability the ability to mix both things like that match with hogan isn't a great wrestling no. match Tells like a great story, mania though. 18 but like yeah just for them to both be smart enough to like, as the crowd's doing that, to just kind of sit there and wait a second before actually starting the match and letting it soak in and all that stuff. Like the rock, if it were a different wrestler, I, I'll be honest with you. This is an insult to him, but if that match had been stone cold instead, I don't know if that moment would have been the same, but that, you know? same, that like, same mania though, we got the greatest stone cold stunner <laughs> of all time. Yeah. <laughs> I still don't know why Nash didn't have a match at that mania, His but whatever. He's probably like, hurt. He blew a quad. You know? <laughs> I'm sure his knees hurt. Well, but... apparently the match was supposed to be with Bradshaw, which would have been random anyway, because it's like you've got the NWO feuding with The Rock, Austin, and that Raw match, Bradshaw. That Raw yeah. match where we had The Rock and Stone Cold versus the NWO was, I mean, like yeah, that week before, un- yeah, unprecedented, unprecedented. Yeah. Uh, you sent me that clip a couple of weeks ago, and I like it took me back because I remember it's watching it. I remember super watching surreal it. even today watching it. Like because wow, that was really it, a match that we got. Like, yeah, and it was for free. Like, and it was in like St. Louis or some random ass yeah. town. And like, you've got the crowd. They don't know what to do because it's like, yeah, they cheered Hogan NWO when he got marks. the win. Yeah, yeah. Like when Hogan it, got the pin, they cheered it. It was, it was wild. Um, uh, who went first last time? Um, you went first so, with three. So when number I do started, two, number two, and this is actually the other one that I've met is Chris Jericho. Oh shit. Um, so is it was Jericho or is Fozzie. So, it wasn't like an official meeting, but he came, um, they did, and I'll talk about his actual wrestling in a second, but like he, 
they did come do that show in Johnson City as Fozzie, you know, standing outside of Capone's, just like chilling with some friends. And then I just felt like a hand on my back, so like, excuse me for a second. It was Chris Jericho. And he just turned and around. He's and say, a short How are dude. You? You're taller yeah, than like, he is. Yeah, he we're about the same height. Maybe he may be a little bit shorter. Yeah. But yeah, he was super friendly. He's like, Hey, how's it going? You enjoy this show? And I was like, Yeah, I appreciate it, whatever. So it's it's cool to kind of chat with him for five seconds as it was. But yeah. um and we've and talked on Twitter before too. There you go. But um and it's crazy because like you think about how long Chris Jericho has been around. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, because like, I, I loved 92? watching, yeah, like I loved watching him in the early days of like when I was watching WCW. And it wasn't Lionheart. like he was, it wasn't like he was main eventing or anything. He was just, he'd was, do the first or second match. And he, that hairstyle you, cracks me up. <laughs> the one that he debuted on Raw with, with like yeah. the top, punk, like that's what I put my daughter in is like that same hairstyle. And I, <laughs> it just cracks me up every time. Like his ability to take things and just make them work is astounding yeah. sometimes like it's like, pretty crazy i can't think of a of a wrestler who has reinvented himself more and been as successful because you know we'll talk about it in, and he makes episodes. it seem so simple because yeah. he's like oh, i just reinvent myself all the time and yeah. i'm like well like, dude normal people can't do that though like yeah like you know <laughs> most people especially man in the early 90s and stuff people got repackaged all the time when something something didn't work and like you're lucky if one gimmick works i mean christian almost every gimmick that jericho has had has worked even say- within like they gave him nothing to do in wcw and he would still like he yeah. had that list of a thousand and four holds that he yeah. knew <laughs> he got that over and then he was he got himself over by feuding with goldberg even though they told him not to he still yeah. would go on nitro every week and be like i could fight goldberg and i challenge him to a match right now goldberg wouldn't come out he'd be like okay see look i'm one and oh against goldberg so he's like <laughs> seven and oh or something and goldberg absolutely hated him for that but like whatever you're yeah whatever. Well, you, you talk, talk about, about a mark you want to talk yeah, about anyway. one of the most overrated wrestlers like, of all he's time. the definition Goldberg. of a mark within like that's all, still wrestling or whatever my, like and the fact that he's still wrestling is absurd um so number one i mean i'm pretty oh no number two sorry my bad we got on the chris jericho um mine is el jefe <laughs> mr machismo himself reza ramon not scott hall razor ramon gotcha no there's a distinction was, yeah um razor ramon was the the definition of why i think villains are more interesting than heroes uh in comic book terms because you couldn't hate razor he was just so good he was oozing machismo as they say he was just so good and just like i don't just i don't know i don't know why it was always my go-to character in the royal rumble game i was talking about and just like the greatest mid carter of all time yeah (laughs) never won a world championship that's funny because he he didn't you know I don't want to say he didn't care, but he had zero problem. Like as we were talking about putting people over, like yeah. he he was cool with it. Like, oh, you want to put one, two, three kid over? I'm yeah, sure. Oh, we'll and, make it work. And we'll see, make it good. That you worked know? because the story that built up to that, it wasn't just like random. Like here you go, let's put put this random guy over. Yeah. I mean, it was you know failed attempt, failed attempt, and it's like oh here you go. And then you know obviously you know it's always it's always been weird to me too, like how he was the diamond stud and was jacked. And then again, you <laughs> yeah. talked about the the steroids, and he comes back as Razor. Well, actually, he, did you know he went to New Japan and teamed yeah. with the Undertaker for like, yeah. bre- and he looks That's like crazy. And if you see the picture, he's still jacked, like diamond stud, but uh, he has the Tom Selleck mustache, 
and it looks like a big Tom Selleck is what it looks like. <laughs> and the Undertaker does not look like him. Mean Mark Calloway or whatever he called himself that time. Um, yeah, he was. I was actually on Hidden Gems on the network earlier, and it was there was a Mean Mark Callis match yeah. on there. I was like, oh, I gotta watch this soon. But, <laughs> but yeah, um, I believe Undertaker started in Smoky Mountain. Yeah, I believe it's where he started. That's still something I need to brush up on some more. I've got some Smoky Mountain stuff saved in my YouTube folder that I just haven't yeah. watched yet. But yeah, uh, Reza Ramon, the bad guy. And also because the video quality is like, you can't like even see anything going no. on. Because yeah. <laughs> they recorded with camcorders yeah. and then like transfer it over. So here we go. Drum roll, please. Number one. Am I up? Yeah, go for it. I think it's pretty pretty easy. It's CM Punk. Yeah, but it's because CM Punk is one of those. He is the absolute definition of punk rock. He is not one of the boys. He is an everyman. He is so good on the mic and self-taught. Um, was you know obviously he was smaller indie. Not to use this not as a derogatory term because he's an indie darling because he was. And he, you could argue to say he's the most successful independent, non, like, n like independent wrestler, maybe in the history of professional yeah. wrestling, because he hasn't been in a WWE ring in six years, seven years, something like that. And when crowds come back and when he inevitably comes back, it'll be the one of the loudest pops ever. I guess we should all add to that pop. A pop is a, a loud cheer. Yeah pop is allowed here but um cm punk is just he it is me personified without talent me i don't have the talent but it's it's he just represents everything that if i was a wrestler that's what it would be that it's what it would have been because I, I don't drink i don't do drugs i mean i'm not you know i don't want to put the label on it but I just I just don't do those things by you know I'm not I'm not straight edge but I guess I kind of am by proxy just because I don't do those things but um my Mike skills are uh, unprecedented maybe the Rock is maybe the only one who's better but I think Punk's is different because it's more raw it's more grungy it's more like this is oh this and is, the, the the quick wit too oh yeah like the the comebacks or whatever yeah like. and and that's me like anybody knows me I'm I'm very much a smartass so. <laughs> like the quick-witted responses because I was never big. I was never going to win in a fight, even though I did one time. Um, but <laughs> I was, you know, it's just, he said things like during that pipe bomb that it's like, you can apply that to an everyday job. Like yeah. I get it. I'm just a spoke on the wheel. I understand all that, you know, you know, and just like, it's just things that you want to tell somebody, your employer that you just, you know, and he did it. So he literally did. Yeah. Yeah. But literally one of the few wrestlers I can say from not, I mean, obviously I didn't do the, I didn't watch him when he was doing backyard wrestling in Chicago, but like when he was in ring of honor, I was, I was like, man, I love this dude. I, I didn't really keep up with like CZW back then. Like I knew about it. I would watch like tapes or whatever, but like when he was in ring of honor, like I made it a, okay. And then when he jumped up, went to OVW and then got, you know, shipped to the wwe ecw was it ring of honor where he was doing the promo without a microphone so he was talking into his hand like this like as if he was holding a microphone i think he so in, he was insulting a woman in the audience 
and he was like, what do you have to say? And then he like handed her like a fake mic. Like, it could have no been. Microphone, you stupid, whatever. Like, yeah. I, I won't repeat what he called yeah. it. But, like, yeah, it could have been. Yeah, it's worth looking up. It's really funny. And um, then if you haven't, which look up the – did you watch that Eddie Guerrero CM Punk match? I did, yeah, with him it's and Ray. It's good. Yeah. It was like one of the weird times that like Eddie was gone for 30 days or something. Yeah, that was like right before Eddie came back because yeah. he had yeah he'd gotten in some trouble and had to get some things right. But yeah, so but who's yeah, your number Eddie, one? Uh, my number one is the rated R superstar Edge. Edge. Hell because yeah! Because I've just had so many moments with Edge. Like I loved him in the Brood. Oh yeah, up, baby. Because that was when I started switching over to WWF, and um, you know, right before he became like I was watching him transition into like a main event single star right before I stopped watching. And then I knew like through you and through the internet that he was doing the rated R thing and winning world titles. So I was like, at a boy, you know? And so then when I came back, I kind of just, it's, along with Kofi Kingston, he was like the guy that I was like, I love it. It's crazy that literally, I mean, he would probably argue, but in my mind's eye, the thing that took him from tag team slash intercontinental, you know, guy to main event style was the Matt Hardy thing. Yeah. Which for anyone who doesn't know, Lita and Matt Hardy were together, and then there was some cheating. Somebody lost their job, and it transitioned because, as you know, anybody who watches wrestling, a lot of real life things transition to the stuff you see on screen. And it was like a legitimate <clears throat> hatred between each other. According to Bruce Pritchard, shout out to Something to Wrestle With podcast. Um, Matt Hardy was already on the cutting block because every year after Mania, they cut a bunch of people yeah. to make budget room for the people that are going to debut at me, uh, the role after Mania <laughs> that they're also not going to push anyway. So, um, um, but yeah, Matt Hardy was already on like the cutting room floor basically. And then all this stuff with edge was happening in real life. And so they were back. They were like, well, we already can't afford to have this type of workplace. So we just got to get rid of Hardy. So yeah, Hardy goes to ring of honor, I think. Yeah. For a bit. And then, yeah. They were like, well, why don't we bring him back and make this like a storyline, make it a thing? And so he that's wasn't one of the gone best very things. long. No, not at all. So that's what yeah. I love about that is he attacks Edge backstage, attacks him in the ring later on in the night, and then as security's whisking him away, he says, "Come see me in Ring of Honor." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's just what the funny. I don't know why it makes me laugh so much each time it's, I watch it. It's crazy, uh, and you think about it too. But maybe eight, nine, ten years later, CM Punk sort of does the same thing in his pipe bomb come catch me yeah. at ring of honor and then breaks the fourth wall and colt cabana how you doing you know colt cabana, yeah. you know that's the whole thing but so go ahead yeah i was gonna say with edge like there's just been so many things and like injuries and stuff and he had a bad injury like in 2010 he came back at the rumble in 2011 and i completely freaked out and he won that one so i was so excited for that got injured again and he missed nine years and so this past year at the rumble he came back and I'm not afraid to admit like even watching it this morning I got a little teary-eyed because it's just like it's crazy how he long doesn't, he doesn't live far from us we should get him on the podcast no, he's over time. the mountain yeah in Asheville like that's I don't trust me in my mind I'm like we got to grow this thing because there's people especially around here that I would love to just chat with about whatever yeah, about the wrestling business not Jim so. Cornette though I don't want to talk to Jim Cornette <laughs> You can talk to him if you want. I don't uh, want to be part of that. Could you, we'll have one of those moments where we're just sitting there going back and forth with each other. We probably don't think wrestling is – we probably don't treat it as respectfully as, as he would like. So so the last thing we're going to do before we wrap this up, again, this is probably a really long episode. I have no idea. Um, it's all good. One of the best things, of, again, is like the fantasy booking and the like 
that whole concept of like being a wrestler. So we thought it was a good idea that we are going to, um, we're going to create a gimmick for ourselves before we wrap this up. And as we go on, we're not going to, we won't, this is not the, probably how the podcast yeah, we're is. not. Yeah. Like this is just kind of like a get to know us, whatever we're going to, it'll be each episode will be more focused on like a particular subject or two. Um, and I always imagine this part is like, if I were, you know, like if I were actually a wrestler, like how it would have gone, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. as far as again, I didn't base it on like, this is what I'm going to go on. Like from here on out with my yeah, life. Like, it's oh, yeah, just, that's, like, that's how I did mine too. Because First thing I ever did every time I got a wrestling game that was giving me the choice was I created me. And that's what yeah. you do. That's what you do in basketball yeah. games and football and games. Yeah. yeah. You create yourself because that's, you know, no one represents you more than yourself. So I actually, in my, this may surprise you because this is like, I, once I started thinking about it, all those juices started flowing back in my brain and I started like, I unlocked the, I had the key and unlocked all these things that like I have tucked away. Um, I've actually had, I've only had two gimmicks in my wrestling career, quote unquote, that I've ever done. Um, I'm going to go with the, the more prominent one, um, which I said at the beginning of the show, I'm Ozdog, baby. That's been my moniker for ever, as long as you've known me. If you see Ozdog anywhere, that's probably me. Uh, if it's Ozdog 12, then it's definitely me um, because it's a play off my last name. And I got that name. Because when growing up, uh, I want to say f fourth or fifth grade, maybe, I lived in behind a strip club, which you know, the mouse's ear. Yep. <laughs> I'm not saying you know because you've been there because you know where it's at in town. No, I remember we rode the same bus for a minute. Yeah, so I remember yeah, yeah. dropping you off. Yeah. And uh, so there's a couple of wrestling fans in, you know, again, this is like in the 90s. So this is, or whatever. And uh, when I don't even remember what this was, but we no mercy was a thing and so my friends and i we all became the dog pound that was our name <laughs> the original hounds well, of justice <laughs> yeah what what well you know how many times i've been called nate dog in my life so yeah I was right like, i could you could have adopted me in the yeah faction, exactly you know and so everybody got their name you just it was dog and then plus something that was akin to them so the leader was red dog because he had red hair Again, this we're not that creative. Mine's Oz Dog because of my last name. We had Smoke Dog because he smoked. Uh, <laughs> no, it's fine. We had um, uh, we had Temp Dog because he was in and out of the faction. <laughs> <laughs> temp Dog, uh, and then we had a girl. I forget what her name was. Well, Temp Dog is accidentally funny on another level because there was a rapper named Tim Dog. That, <laughs> Tim Dog. That, like he came out at like a time that like all the uh, East Coast West Coast stuff was happening. Oh, anyway, okay. like he, he only had one song and it was just basically about insulting the city of Compton. But oh, like okay. just Tim Dog's fun. Temp Dog. Uh, was just Tim, Tim Temp Dog was ve uh, <laughs> very much our Spike Dudley. He was okay, sometimes yeah. in, sometimes out kind of thing. Um, so I'm going with Oz Dog. That's that. That's my name. For a little fun fact, before I became Ozdog, I always envisioned in the in the the territories I was named as Acid because you know whatever, and I had green okay. spandex. And my I remember it distinctively. My finisher was I forget what it's called now, but it would be like they were power bombing me, but then it turned it into a DDT. So it's like a you know they pick me up, and then as I'm falling down, it's a DDT. And it was called the Acid Drop, basically. Okay. Because I remember it like distinctively on No Mercy. So it was like, it was that. And then I was like, oh, then I got 
got called up to the big leagues and became Oz Dog. Okay. Um, I like that. Um, I don't think I could go with the Nate show for mine because you know <laughs> the big show already exists we, we joked about it where you were the big show or you, the big show and then you were the mid show and then yeah. hornswoggle was the mini show or something yeah i would have to go bald keep this beard i'd look <laughs> just like him but he played basketball too um, yeah wichita, wichita state. state yeah but um it's funny because i said this wasn't based on real life for me but uh, we have a rec league basketball team. I've been playing with our friend uh, Nathan Wampler and some guys that we, that we know. Um, and there are a couple in that group that call me the big, mean, nice guy because, like, I give off. Like, I, I generally speaking try to be a nice, polite guy, or whatever. Yeah. But in competitive situations, like, I'm turning, I'm not going to compare myself to Michael Jordan, but you know, like in that documentary, yeah. oh, how yeah. it, it's a big focus on how he's kind of a jerk to his teammates. Because, you know, you- I, yeah, like I've I've may have yelled a few times at some of my teammates, and so like uh, our friend Jake has me saying saved in his phone as the big mean nice guy. Um, so I'd probably go with nice guy Nate would probably be like the gimmick um, to where it's kind of a nice guy. Obviously, I'm nice, polite, but you can tell that it's like overly fake too. Yeah, and you've got and you're like a may, monster inside. Yeah, like maybe not full on like kiss ass with like you know corporate or whatever, but it's like I'm I'm being nice as a means to like come off a certain way and get ahead but like yeah in the ring i'm kind of like brutal would be kind yeah. of the the thing where i just kind of snap and whatever um do you want to go ahead and jump to like what our intro music would be because i've got sure. like the perfect song for it's super corny but yeah. i went with like def leopard rock of ages like you have to do something <laughs> just like that <laughs> I it yeah um mine i've always liked that song as a um that or indestructible by disturbed is like a a wrestling theme so depending on when what time period you're in wrestling would depend on when that is mine no surprise if you know me it's going to be one of two parkway drive songs um if it's early on it's going to be idols and anchors um and if you ever hear it you'll you can tell like there's the there's the slow intro that like I envision it's like you come out and like there's the you know the Titan the Titan Tron's playing you know the lights go out whatever and then boom come out and then the other one is deliver me which would be what I the prime of my career and it starts off like you know heavy and it's just like if you envision it you can see this is the perfect wrestling intro you know because it can get the crowd singing along you can, it's perfect so that that would be mine deliver me! Are you going to be a heel or a face? I think that um, it would probably end up coming off as a heel. Yeah. Um, well, I have reasons why, but I'll get into that in a second when we talk about promotions we're signing with or whatever, and rivalries and all that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, I think that it would just naturally come off as a heel. It's kind of like when Kurt Angle debuted and he was, they legit were trying to make him a face, a good guy. And then everyone hated him. Yeah, he was, I'm an Olympic gold medalist and like whatever, Arrogant. thinking, yeah, like and people were booing that. And so it'd probably be like that. We're like, you know, I'm a nice guy. Nice guys don't always finish last. All these corny like sayings or something. And people are just 
boo, you know, whatever. But in the ring, like I try to kick people's ass, whatever. So yeah, um, I'm a face. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I could play a bad guy, but I just as years and years and years of wrestling, like you know, fantasy booking and fig vets and stuff. I've always right. just been like the likable. <laughs> what you like? Well, uh, we'll get to this in a second, but like, are we each other's first feud because of that? <laughs> like, no, 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 <laughs> <laughs> no. Cause I doubt that we're even in the same promotion. It depends um, on the time frame. I went both ways with it. Yeah. When I get to my, um, we didn't, we, this is not on our list, but what is your finisher? I have three. I've always, I, I have two signature moves and a finisher. I've always had a, an idea. I don't know how safe of a finisher it would be. I've never seen anyone do it, like at least mainstream, where it's kind of mixing an F5 with a neck breaker. It's almost like oh, okay. a backwards RKO out of an F5. Okay. So I'm spinning them backwards instead of where they land on their okay. stomach and then kind of bringing them down like a diamond cutter RKO type thing as they're coming down. If you down. did it as a diamond cutter, it'd be safe. Don't yeah. do it as a stunner. You'd kill somebody. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. It, it, yeah. Kill both of us, honestly. Yeah. Um, so I have, and it sucks though, because when I did all this, this was before everybody had a super kick. I mean, there was only like three people that oh, did super good Lord. Everyone has a super kick now. So it sucks. Yeah. So back when I was way into wrestling, only one person had a super kick, you know, Shawn Michaels. Yeah. So mine was similar to that. I don't do the build up. Mine's just like a, imagine an RKO, but I jump up and do a super kick. Okay. Yeah. So that's a signature move. I also have this spear, which again, a lot of people have now, but back then you only had one per promotion. Edge did it. Rhino did it. And Goldberg did it. Um, and then my finisher would call it the dog bite. I mean, played on, you know, whatever. And I'm on the top rope and I jump like a frog splash, but I pull my both legs back. Like, can you envision it? So like, yeah, I got, yeah. So if I show you on here, I'm pulling my legs back <laughs> all the way here and I'm grabbing them and then I'm doing a frog splash. Okay. Yeah. So I like that. I can see yeah. that. I don't know. I mean, everyone does a frog splash. I mean, used to, I don't know. They do it a lot anymore, but um, if you did it right, you know, you, if you land, because I also wasn't a big dude, so I could land and not kill somebody. It's not like, you know, Mabel doing one. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Um, so let's see here. What What's next? We've got, are you better on the mic or better in the ring? I mean, not saying that you're bad at, if you're good at one, you're bad at the other. It's just, which is your, cause you know, you and I would agree. Yeah. That, I would. You know, punk is better on the mic. The, the stone cold is probably better on the mic. You know, typically I would like are really good in the ring. Sorry. I don't mean to keep interrupting. No, you're good. Like there are very few that are really great at both, but like, Normally, when you say like Dean Malenko, probably couldn't cut a promo to save his life, but it was great. Oh, shoot, yeah, so. um, I'd probably be better on the mic, just if for no other reason. I do think I have some of that sarcastic wit as well, but you know, a lot of it is because my in-ring style would be just a fighter. I'm not going to be, yeah. you know, a Dean Malenko like you said, putting on 15 minute technical masterpieces. Like I'm going to try to brawl for a few minutes. So you're not like Triple H. I was going to say, I was actually going to say not full on Triple H. I, I would still surprise you with a few moves, but that's sort of the thing is like, well, Nate's not a fighter and then, you know, whatever. Yeah. But I'd probably be more focused on just running people down on the microphone. That's why my first feud when we get to that would make a lot of sense. Okay. So, so again, I, if anyone, you should be able to dot the lines. I'm pretty predictable here. I would be very much like CM Punk because, there you go. Yeah. as I said, I'm very 
I, I see a lot of myself in CM Punk. You see a lot of Dean Ambrose in me, apparently, or John yeah, Moxley. Definitely. I, don't, I don't know where you get it from, but uh, just the lunatic fringe, unhinged part. Um, but I would be better on the mic, but my my you 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 kickstarted me here. Um, I think I would be a lot like a Rey Mysterio with but like a heavier Rey Mysterio, meaning not as many high flying moves but i've still got almost yeah. almost kind of like a a young matt hardy you could, could go champa i feel like as well yeah, i could do that because he's 510 you know i mean he's not like he's built like yeah. a bruiser but yeah, he's, i was gonna say i yeah, could like, i could never i have a scar on my stomach so i could never ever ever have a six-pack no matter how much i tried um and um yeah i think a, i think a young matt hardy because jeff was always the the, the flyer the, the flyer yeah. but matt could too and so that's that's kind of how but with a little bit of my moveset would be nothing like cm punk right but it would be it would be more you know when not when not ever when a high flyer was more rare than it is these days um you said mike i'm trying to think i'm looking at my i skipped one on my list so what promotion are you signing with if it's any time any time before 2018 i'm obviously going to try to work my way up to nxt and to the main roster WWE. But if it's the last two years, I'm trying to get to AEW, just yeah. being completely honest. So I took it, we did any time period, and also I'm basing a lot of this on what I did as a young as a young guy. Um I always because I loved ECW and I if you a lot of people started in ECW. I mean if you look at the people that wrestled in ECW and went on to be bigger that's what i would do i would cut my teeth in ecw minus the violence i would be more like the ray mysterios or the chris jericho's or eddie guerrero's you know stone cold when they were all there they all did the wrestling part and not so much of the violence part and that's why that's what made ecw so great is they had a great mixture of both um but i would do i would start in ecw like cutting my teeth for a while and then because Paul Heyman wouldn't pay me my money, I'd leave. <laughs> and I'd yeah. go, I'd go to WWE. Um, yeah. Post WCW when there's a brand split. Um, and I come in as a, as a draftee. Like I've made myself a name in ECW. Like, you know, I, everyone knew who I was. And so it was not maybe quite as big of a deal as Jericho going to WWE, but it would yeah. have sort of that kind of reaction is how I saw it. So, who is your first rivalry and what's 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 your storyline so it's kind of weird how i would get to it but my first rivalry and i'm kind of putting myself over here but it's kind of the point anyway is you remember when kevin owens was doing the u.s title open challenge Vague, he, uh, vaguely so cena was doing it first and then yeah. kevin won it from cena like on his first night on the main roster and then kevin started doing it just to keep the trend going yeah I would to come in. I don't mean something. <laughs> yeah, like I would come in, and that would be my first. I know it's the next question. I'm jumping ahead, but I would want to win the U.S. title from Kevin Owens at on your point. debut. If not the debut, uh, not long after it, because I'll just again, this is stupid, but like the storyline portion is I'm. You know this about me. Like I'm a bit of a flirt, and so yeah. <laughs> not with you. Anyway, it's made it awkward. But you know what I'm saying. <laughs> like <laughs> we mentioned Charlotte earlier. Um, and so depending on the time frame, whether it's NXT or main roster, like I'm going straight to like the head of the class. I'm trying to like flirt with Charlotte or whatever. 
and she's not having any of it. And I'm like, come on, like I'm the U S champion. Like I'm whatever, like I'm kind of doing the whole nice guy thing, but also being kind of cocky about it, whatever. Like, don't you know who I am? Yeah. And then Ric Flair. I'm big, big Nate. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Rick shows up on a raw or SmackDown, whatever is like telling me to watch my place. And so eventually I attack him, which draws the ire of triple H. And so basically at some point, triple H throws me into a feud, like has Kevin Owens or Samoa Joe, either one to beat the shit out of me. So gotcha. Probably Joe, honestly, but so mine is, we'll, we'll say post WCW. Um, I've always, again, my, my first, always, even in my fig feds, in my, you know, my creator wrestler stuff, it's always Kevin Nash. I don't know why. I don't even really like, I mean, I don't dislike Kevin Nash, but like, I don't. Right. No, yeah. He's a big dude. And it's, it's the very, it's very David versus Goliath. And in my, my mind's eye, I, I'm the new guy. This is pre CM Punk. So I'm the new guy. I'm mouthy. I'm, I'm. You know, I'm not one of the boys. So then that starts this whole rivalry. And I've always been a, a fan of rivalries in wrestling where it's like, the, you know, Ring of Honor is really good with it, where you have like an entire pay-per-view that's dedicated, like, you know, Joe versus Punk 1, Joe versus Punk 2, you know, and then like you have the, you know, obviously you have the the ultimate, which is the three. So you both split the first and then whoever's going to go over wins the third one. So I've always thought that's a really good way in wrestling that they don't do a whole lot anymore where like you have those long, like you, you have your match and then like, you don't have your next match until, you know, four, three, three, four months later. And then you have, you know, the next one is, you know, whatever. And then, um, so that would be that mine would be the David versus Goliath thing. And like I said, he's in the click. So at this point there's no Scott Hall. I mean, I guess Scott Hall could be there, but it's, you know, more like I'm getting some, I'm getting some heat backstage, um, you know, because I, I don't know my place, which, you know, could very well be a thing. Um, and then after that rivalry, it, I, I get on the bad side of creative or the boys or whatever. And so, but like, I'm still drawing because I've got that, that underdog mentality, which everyone loves them underdog. It's very reminiscent of kind of like a Daniel Bryan, the year that, you know, he did this. So I get, I'm the number one entrant in the Royal Rumble because they would like, you know, they're going to write me out, whatever. And I get down to the last three and I've eliminated triple H I've eliminated Kevin Nash. I've done these things like crowds behind me, whatever. And it's <laughs> there's three left. And then edge comes out and spears me and then eliminates me from the rumble <laughs> as you grab edge. And so, and then I started a, a rivalry with edge. Okay. Um, but my first major accomplishment is, I'm, I'm, I'm mixing up here because based on the time period in which I'm in this, this thing doesn't exist, which is the money in the bank. Right. And so I would win the money in the bank, but I would fail to cash it in. It would be a, a, a very much like a Dolph Ziggler cash in, but like I, you get the crowds like, Oh my God, he's going to do it. But then like, I don't ca- I fail. And then you're Damien Sandow <laughs> yeah. or Baron Corbin. Either one. I saw, I, I meant to text you a picture at one of the Walgreens. They have a Damien Mizdow. It's the only one that they the had. Stunt double, yeah. The only figure they had, and one Alexa Bliss Elite. But that's the only two that they had at this particular got, that's, one. That's the Alexa I have. Is that? Yeah. Um, but then, if, if I win, it's either the Money in the Bank winner or I win the Intercontinental Title back when it meant something. So I figured mine out. By the way, I worked backwards through it, and I think I know how to make that work because I have a tendency to make things harder than they should be in my life. 
especially when it comes to females, like that focus on that would like be a detriment to my life. So yes, the first night I do show up and beat Kevin Owens for the U S title. Okay. <laughs> and then become cocky with this whole persona. That's why I flirt with Charlotte. Yeah. Um, because of that, because of my arrogance, I lose the belt back to Kevin Owens. And then I become even more aggressive because I'm distracted. That's why I lose again or lose in the first place, whatever, get distracted whoever the on-screen authority is, whether it's Steph, whoever sends me to NXT, like you should, <laughs> I debut on the main roster, but then I, you so clearly aren't ready. Ass. Yeah. You clearly aren't ready. Um, Ric Flair shows up on NXT to like, be like, look, it's cool. Like I understand my daughter or whatever, like it's cool. And then out of nowhere, I just attack him because I'm not trying to hear it. And then, <laughs> and then triple H decides to make my life a living hell in NXT. So that's sort of the whole thing. Gotcha. But that eventually gets me over as a face, like, trying to overcome all of like everything he throws at me. He'll have who Samoa Joe beat the hell out of me and whoever just every night on NXT. And it's funny that both of our rivalries <laughs> deal with one particular person. And yeah, oh, and I'm gonna get jackknifed by Kevin Nash on an episode of NXT for sure <laughs> through through the announcers table. Yeah, but another one of mine that I didn't call it this, but it's crazy how how long we've been wrestling fans and like things that you come up with actually do come to fruition. Yeah. So another one of mine was like, you know, I had this big blowout with Stephanie and triple H and I leave, I leave the company. I, I pull a pipe bomb before there's a pipe bomb. Like I, I you know, I, I break kayfabe. I'm, I'm just like, I'm, I'm shooting. And then I, and I just walk out and then I come back like two years later and I'm, I'm, I'm having a rivalry with triple H because we've worked it out, you know, Vince calls and whatever, but you know, you know, all the backstage stuff we'll get into eventually. And I, I have another one of those trilogy matches with, with triple H, but the last one, because I go, he goes over, I go over whatever, but the last one is very shield. Like, again, this was before the shield. When I came up with this, the very shield, like I have somebody who comes in and attacks triple H refs down, whatever, you know, funky finish. And then, like, I play it off for a while. Like, I, I like I don't know. And, like, I get questioned. And, like, I'm, I get called into the office. It's like, who are these people? Why are they here? You know, whatever. And then, so, like, you play the long game. It's like, I don't know who the, any of these people are. Like, whatever. That's the dog pound. You're damn right it is, bro. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. <laughs> and like, they're the original Hounds of Justice. But then, like, eventually, and, like, they attack me, right? They attack me. So, then it becomes, like, this whole thing where, like, I end up teaming up with Triple H because it's, like, this weird the enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of thing so then like eventually and then that's when i either at that point i would probably turn heel but it just depends on whether or not triple h is a face or heel in the company at this point but then eventually i unite i've got the dog pound and then we're ready we the hounds of justice baby and we're here and we're and then our whole goal, our whole goal what? is to take out all of the the boys which would never happen obviously you go up to triple h and say this is my yard now yeah right but it's so crazy because like when that angle happened with the shield i thought to myself i'm like i've seen this before but like you know when yeah. you do when you play something over and over because again every time you get a new game a wwe game that's what you do you kind of just like recreate everything and it's just like i've done this before but turns out that i had done it in my in my in my mind i couldn't talk there <laughs> but that's a, I, think, I think it's a good way to end it I do too. I, I do think and we'll wrap that up. Like I do think eventually like I'd keep over trying to overcome the whole NXT, like this, these attacks or whatever. And then at a takeover, I win some battle Royal to like get a spot in the actual Royal rumble the next night. And then 
like somehow make it to like the final four. I don't yeah. win, but that yeah. kind of solidifies me being back on the main roster or whatever. So would you would you be like more of a mid carder? Or are you gonna be are you gonna try to do that upper mid card main event? I think it would be right there in the mid card because I think that the whole rumble experience would put me, especially if I was in the final four, they'd be like, Oh, dude actually is for real. But then I'd still end up like it's mania season. So there's probably not going to be like an actual storyline for me at that point, unless I'm actually having a match with triple H at mania. So I can do the <laughs> yeah. whole CM punk thing there. But yeah. um, I, mine is like, I dabble in the main event, but I spend a lot of time in the upper mid card, but like I'm, yeah, in, I'm more popular than most main eventers. Well, that's the I thing is like, CM you know, punk. <laughs> And we'll we'll cover this on other episodes, but like we've talked about it. Like that's the thing that made the attitude and even the ruthless aggression era so cool is because I don't even mean this as a joke, but you could put Val Venus, who's a mid carder all the way, in a main event match on a raw against the rock, and it would make sense. It'd be cool. You'd be like, Oh, Val Venus, and he'd get some good offense in. It wasn't like now where you just know Takamichi Nuku like, comes in and tries this. <laughs> <laughs> Whew. I think Anyway, yeah, like I, I don't want to see you get buried by Kevin Thorne. Yeah, oh okay. god. Like, anyway, so. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think that's a really good episode. Um, the next one will be a lot more focused. Yeah, for I don't sure. Know what we're gonna talk about yet, but we'll figure it out. Sounds good, man. Look forward to it. <laughs>